One topic, two chicks, three points of view. What does it really mean to do time during the coronavirus pandemic? Police emergency. Life in prison. Keeping people safe is the first duty of government. You can get spies, you can get heroin, you can get crack. It is criminality, pure and simple. I'm facing time. It's not on the hiring, it's common scars. I don't know how long it could be, four years, ten years. There's not one solution. Could be life. Who cares for the men behind these doors? Bird. We set ourselves the task of doing a podcast in 48 hours, which includes interviewing, script writing, editing, even the illustration for our Instagram. All we've been hearing on the news recently is about the coronavirus. Everybody who's listening, I'm sure, has heard. But what we haven't been seeing is perhaps the real story that's been going on in prison. So we decided to use some of our network to bring together some information and also keep an eye on the positives during this time. So we know that the information in regards to coronavirus is changing all the time. We wanted to explore how it was really affecting the people in prison, both prisoners and staff. This episode, we're speaking to Dr Sarah Lewis. She's a passionate prison reformer and she's previously been featured on one of our other podcasts about rehabilitation in prisons. We're also speaking to Jose, who works in at the education department in a prison, and Melissa, who's working as a key worker on the front line across London jails. So we'll be covering a few different things in this episode. We're looking at the situation in the jails right now. We've asked people what their main concerns are in the jails at the moment and some of the positive things that have been happening and also what else we can do as a community. So to start off then, we asked our guests to explain what the current situation is in the jails that they're working in and what the vibe is there. I think in terms of how it's affecting prisons, it's um, it's it's just massive and I think it's quite overwhelming, I think, for those that are either watching it happen or, or working or living inside it, really. But I, I kind of kind of see two two things emerging, I guess, the kind of the negativity in terms of, I guess, that increased fear and that increased anxiety from from both both prisoners and, and from and from um, staff. Prisons are being extremely affected by by this uh, situation of coronavirus. Obviously, you know, the, the conditions in prison and the number of people that are in prison makes it uh, a recipe for, for, for disaster in, in some way. Keeping the physical distancing is very, very challenging. Having uh, groups of people locked in, uh, in, the, in the same situation, you know, the same building, it's very difficult to keep it relatively safe distance. A lot of the guys are getting only half an hour out of their cells. So they're splitting the landings into two and you'll have one side of the landing out for half an hour, then the other, then you'll skip a landing and do the same for the one above. And then in the afternoon, you'll do the two landings that haven't been done. And in some other prisons, people are allowed out for 15 minutes, which is really sort of difficult to manage. It's hit and miss. It really is hit and miss. Some guys completely get it. They just see it as if the community is on lockdown, it's only going to be felt stronger in prison. So some guys get it. But to be honest, a lot of them are struggling quite a bit. A lot of them are sort of saying they're talking about human rights and whether what's happening is legal. And a lot of them are focusing on the potential to be released early in terms of the food. There's been a fruit and veg shortage. And that's been a major complaint, to be honest, from from the general population. Because 
you know, the delivery services are just not equipped for such a high demand. The ones identified with coronavirus symptoms are getting a bit of a different diet to help them in their recovery. What we're seeing also is some of the prisoners saying that they have symptoms just to access a single cell and the meals. Um, so that's been a bit difficult to manage as well. In this particular situation, I think it's people came together, and I, I think it brought brought a different a different approach in terms of community. So far as I know, prisoners are are being very compliant with the situation and very understandable. Obviously, prison staff is not immune to the virus. Obviously, they are being affected. So there are massive number of of prison staff that are in self isolation or off sick which makes, again, uh, much more challenging to provide a basic regime to prisoners, the basic services. They've been trying to manage the best way that they can in the current situation. Well, obviously, when a lot of people were off, you know, the more people are off, the more tense things are. That was a bit difficult because then everyone's tense and it's the fear of the unknown, but that's, you know, across both sides of the fence. So that's been that's been a strain. I think now that people are coming back, it's a little bit easier. And I think people know where they stand a bit more, where at the beginning, you know, you'd have obviously uniform staff that need to carry on their duties, but you'd have probation, mental health services, substance misuse, all those staff members sort of didn't really know, you know, if they could go on the wings, if they couldn't. So I think a lot, a lot of people had a lot of uncertainties at the beginning, but that's, I think we're starting to have more of a routine, if that makes sense. So in the next bit, you'll be hearing some of the main concerns that our guests shared with us. Some of these concerns are also echoed in the community, not just in jails. Staff and and prisoners are maybe just battling a little bit as that kind of tension is increasing. And again, I don't think that's because of any criminogenic needs or, or because, you know, prisoners are bad people or staff are bad people. I don't think it's that at all. I think people are just responding to a really, really difficult, challenging environment where we don't know what reality looks like when it comes to how many people have been affected and and what's going to happen down the line you know everybody that is on the front line is worried about the the lack of ppe and obviously about the lack of test prisons are are no no different in 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 this sense people are being trying to protect and look after themselves as much as possible makes it much more difficult for people to feel safe and to perform tasks that they are supposed to do there's volunteers from different institutions that keep going into prison to provide some kind of service. Obviously, a lot of these volunteers start as well to get, get afraid. We know that the number of cases that are being reported in different prisons are growing. And so if uh, there was some kind of testing, people got that go into prison that would go and safely. I haven't seen anyone with a mask, so they tend to make homemade masks with towels and bits of T-shirts. Some of them can get masks from like the industrial cleaning workshops, but there's obviously been a shortage of that. You can come across a few that will have masks, but it's it's not something that's provided. And a lot of them are concerned, you know, because I think because of the misinformation, a lot of them are unfortunately following sort of conspiracy theories. And when they can't get to speak to family to have a reassuring talk, and if they've got a loved one that's got it, they their main concern, to be honest, is more being released to having to attend quite a few funerals. So I've recently joined a, a family forum and just seeing how families are really so distressed at the moment and really struggling in terms of that kind of level of uncertainty. Historically, we've, we've seen prisons, you know, starting to maybe get a little bit more of a kind of growth foot in terms of that kind of foundations and starting to grow following kind of austerity and 
and that kind of exodus of all the staff. Um, but I think it's it, those foundations maybe aren't as robust as we'd want them to be. I guess the negative side of it is that that kind of erosion of humanity in some, some aspects as people are just getting more and more distant from one another. I think a lot of people get frustrated by not having a lot of time out and not being able to make regular contact with the outside. So if they've got a loved one who's got coronavirus, they tend to be venting quite a bit about the situation, which is understandable, to be honest. So it's hit and miss. Some people cope quite well, but then we are seeing an increase in, in mental health and self-harm and having a lot of their loved ones pass before they get released. I think that's the main concern. Some are concerned to have it without knowing. A lot of them are concerned, depending on, so it depends on the jails, but if the people that are kept on separate wings due to showing symptoms or potentially having it or being tested as positive, depending on how close the other prisoners are to that wing, they can be quite worried as well because they just think that obviously because it's in the air, they just get worried about catching it. The main concern is fearing that their loved ones might die whilst they're inside. What we know is that when anxiety increases, generally people become more punitive. For example, communications isn't going out uh, effectively or regularly enough, or families are being blocked in terms of the opportunities of connecting and contacting families, um, whether that's people that have got in cell phones or whether it's using kind of communal phones. Um, I think there's also, because there's that, maybe that in some areas, a, a lack of management around certain um, around COVID-19 and that's just because people are chasing their tails and, and I guess being overwhelmed with what's going on but I think because decisions are maybe taking just a bit longer than they would they would like them to I guess. So I think that what we can see is that obviously the concerns around the lack of PPE and kind of maintaining some kind of normality in the prison across the regime and just daily life for the prisoners obviously the access to the outside world for them, so in terms of keeping in touch with the families, and just also the staff and prisoner wellbeing. We know that this is going to be a really hard time for a lot of people. Next up, we're going to be looking at some of the things that people are doing inside of the jail. The Ministry of Justice have recently announced that some prisoners will actually get released early, so up to two months early, people are being released as long as they've been risk assessed. And this is part of a plan to protect the NHS from further pressure. I think it's just worth actually noting that in the press release, it's highlighted that people will need accommodation to return to. We obviously know that accommodation is a key issue, and for many prisoners on release, so we'll have to wait and see how this pans out. The people selected are low-risk offenders. Within weeks of their release dates, they'll be electronically tagged and temporarily released on licence, and offenders can be recalled at the first sign of concern. This excludes violent and sexual offenders, and those of security concern will not be considered. So I think it's really important that we focus on some of like the creative and amazing ways that staff in prisons and people in prisons have been really trying to keep the morale up, keep people busy and protect people in prison. Let's hear our guests talking about some of those things that people are doing. I'm seeing some really, really positive stuff. So in terms of innovation, just seeing prisons thinking differently, uh, seeing prisons working more together in terms of sharing stuff um, and sharing lessons that they've done or inspiring stories or success stories. Um, and I think that really says something about the culture of prisons kind of more generally around when there is a crisis. Um, for me, prisons, prison staff um, specifically kind of really unite. And I think there's something really strong about that we're launching a campaign next week, hopefully, that just looks about, 
you know, asking the question, how are you? You know, just write to us, send a video, you know, write a letter. It can be anonymous if you don't want to put your name on it, but just tell us how you are. Because I think I've really appreciated it in terms of my learning during this kind of COVID-19. Um, if a member of, you know, if a family member is really, really concerned for someone, then they can ring, they can ring a line in a prison, a safe custody line or a, a telephone line that is generally, you know, an answer phone. But it's that two-way conversation that I think people are just desperately needing just to talk about their anxieties and find out what's going in the prisons. You know, some prisons have got fantastic communication and it's just trying to get that out to families um, and doing that actively and doing doing that in a, in a kind of structured way. But I think because families are just, you know, suddenly lost a lot of contact with, with their loved ones, I think that's just causing them so much suffering and so much concern. So that's what the campaign's all about next week is about just trying to create a platform where families can talk and offload and then collecting that information and, and really trying to make kind of powerful changes, I guess. People are encouraging, you know, writing letters and things like that because obviously no, no visits are happening and haven't been happening for like two weeks now. That's definitely been a bit of a strain. Um, but they've received um, extra phone credit, especially at the weekend, to make more phone calls to families. They don't need to pay for TVs anymore, so they just have a TV. So there's been like little amendments like that to sort of help with the tension. What's been good is that the prisons have been quite consistent in terms of delivering information to prisoners. So some, some prisons, for example, have developed a list of questions, or frequently asked questions. The prisoners are able to like ask and have their question answered. It's mainly around parole and getting released early and um, jury trials. There's a lot of people sending by email uh, resources to, to the prison. I know that Prisoners Education Trust, particularly, is, they are very keen to still sending the distance learning courses to prison because at this moment probably is the best time for them to, to carry on with their studies, taking advantage of this whole situation, keep them much more focused. There's been this partnership between uh, organizations and the prison service, trying to collaborate as much as possible to keep the prisoners active. There are some volunteers that were still going into the prison to compile these educational packs for in-cell work. Because actually at this moment, we, I think we are all facing some way the, the conditions that the, the prisoners have are obviously still very different because we can still move around and obviously we have the, the comfort of our own home. We, we can understand a little bit what prisoners are facing. So I think that as well the community has been very much involved in trying to, to provide some kind of support, bringing resources that prisoners can use in their, their own cells. I think there's been a massive development in terms of in-cell exercises and um, in-cell packs and, uh, you know, colouring sheets, reading and things like that because um, library and education are no longer going ahead. So I think non-operational staff have sort of developed more resources. We do things called connection campaigns. So that's basically um, trying to express gratitude. Um, and we kind of found that by expressing gratitude, by giving something back, then that ultimately kind of raises people's spirits and raises people's morale. So we're doing something called the connection campaign, which is ultimately just heart post-it notes where prisoners, staff, um, anyone can write something that's that's positive, like a hopeful statement. And then with that, we collect them all up and we just display them in kind of larger hearts, kind of, you know, really big statements where people can just, as they walk around the prison, just, or if they're in their cells, seeing these kind of 
hearts just displayed on the walls so people can just see that they're they're being cared for and that and that ultimately they're, they're doing an important job we're also looking at possibly doing so making kind of origami orchids um and kind of swans so things that symbolically mean maybe ho- kind of hope or good luck and we're gonna you know ask some of the prisoners to make them just to kind of help them with their kind of preoccup- preoccupying them and with that send them out to nhs staff just to just to show them that we kind of care about them and you know trying to boost morale in in other areas that maybe need it i wrote a letter which 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 went on the internet um for prisons so prison staff could read it but it was just a letter where i collected loads of kind of really positive statements from twitter um about prison staff and i just collected them all together wrote a letter and i think that that helps some prison staff you know in terms of just recognizing all the efforts that they're making and all the things that they're doing and essentially putting putting their well-being at risk on a on a daily basis so we're trying um desperately to to try and do different things to support staff based on what they're trying to say to us so what their needs are at the moment we're trying to look at that so that we can do meaningful stuff with them at this time i think you know looking upwards i guess in terms of the government i think now's the time to make decisions that are right rather than uh popular i know releasing prisoners can maybe be seen as a, as an unpopular decision but i think it's the right thing to do we need to really act on that at the moment just in terms of exponentially what what the imca- impact could possibly be to people that are part of our community and will be released into our community and um do belong to our community irrespective of of what they've done So it seems that today the Ministry of Justice decided, you know, to release 3,500 prisoners that are close to their release date. In one sense, we'll have some impact in prisoners in terms of the number of people that are there and obviously being more manageable. One issue that prisoners face at this moment is how to manage the amount of people that are in prison. So even though there's been loads of great stuff that's been happening and there is still more we can do, we asked our guests to give some advice not only on the prisons but also to the wider community. I think there's something about narrowing that gap and I think at the moment the closer a community is, you know, any prison community, the closer the gap is between the kind of them and us, the the staff and the prisoners, the better things going to be. I think my my concern is four, five, six weeks down the line when people are you know really struggling with that self isolation and that lack of lack of maybe connection with maybe loved ones that they'd normally have so i think anything to narrow the gap whether that's talking to people just actively listening to what people are trying to say trying to understand why they're behaving the way they are showing gratitude and i guess just really recognizing that people are humans at the end of the day are people then looking at supporting governors i think there's just that active supporting governors and supporting staff i think as practitioners we can do that through just an, an email of gratitude just um engaging maybe with some of the stuff that prs are doing over the next few few weeks few months just to try and encourage them and um keep them going in in the work that they're doing all this bad situation brought people together and gave that probably a more sense of community it's very very difficult to make positive situation out of all this there's a lot of of green shoots i think one thing that this showed as well is that prison is really a community prison staff that obviously are working in these conditions obviously they are heroes facing extremely challenging task but they have been rising to the challenge and deliver the best that they can we all should be grateful for old work that they, they have been doing i think in terms of the public i think just supporting one another i think understanding what it feels like to be you know if you could imagine us what it's like in our 
in our houses with possibly gardens and, and an opportunity to go for a walk every day and um, you know going down the shops just imagine what it feels like to be in a six by eight foot cell possibly sharing that um, with another person sharing toilets with maybe 20 people sharing phones that 40 people are touching on a daily basis you know I think it's just about for me putting yourself in the shoes of what's going on for someone in prison and what's therefore going also on for their mum and their dad and their wife or their husband or their children that, that don't maybe have as much connection to them as, as they as they could. Compassion, if, if anything, just to, to try and understand, I guess, how bad it feels for us in self-isolation, doing these things that help us connect and cope and just imagine what life must be like when you don't have those things and you don't have a lot in your cell and um, you can't receive phone calls. I mean... You can ring out if you've got the money, but you can't, no one can ring you. And I kind of think that's that's isolation on a different level. And just appreciating that I think is really important at this stage. Thanks to everyone who got involved with the podcast at such short notice. Some people, even within a few hours, were on the phone to us having an interview. So that was amazing to hear. And we just have some closing advice here from Bird Podcast. And that's to stay positive, send love and support to those working to keep others safe. Try not to get sucked into negative press regarding prisons and always have compassion for others. And most importantly, wash your hands. You can follow along with the conversation at hashtag coronavirus in prison. Thanks to the Leaf Library for the music today. Expect social justice info, stats and prison insights from Bird on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Bird Podcast. If you'd like to talk to us about Bird or find out more about any of the stories we've shared today, get in touch at whatitmeanstodotime at gmail.com or visit our website, birdpodcast.co.uk. See you next time on Bird.